what is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Hey, Zane, welcome to Call Her Daddy. Hey. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're here. We have to preface this with my fans are watching this like, where the fuck are you guys? We are in my childhood home, Daddy Gang, okay? Zane and I are in my living room that I grew up in. Zane got here and has had to look at all the embarrassing childhood photos of me. Thank you so much for coming. I've never done an interview. (laughs) What did you say? I didn't see any embarrassing photos. I think you hid them all. Actually, there's a couple. You'll see them on your way out and then you'll never look at me the same. I have never done a podcast in my childhood home. So this feels like a little sentimental. Also, you never really do interviews. I don't. When is the last time you did something like this? Mm, I think I did an interview like six years ago. Was the last time I did one. Like so we're kind of like popping the cherry back off. I think so, yeah. You're Something back. like that. <laughs> so you're living in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and I obviously grew up here. I loved it growing up. It's very family-oriented, very suburban. Yeah. But I'm curious to know, like, of all the trendy spots that you could have picked, why Pennsylvania? Um, yeah, it's interesting. A lot of people ask me that. Like, they always think it's super random that I live out here. Um, I ended up coming out here um, with with my ex a bit. Like, and I fell in love with it. Like, it was just super, like, calm and chill. Like you said, suburban. Um, and I just wanted to, like, take a break from, like, the busy city. Because, like, I was living in New York for three years at the time. And... Um, it just got a bit overwhelming, you know, like going out of your door to like just craziness all the time. So I just wanted a bit more like um, of a surrounding that like I'm used to, like where I grew up um, in Bradford, like in, in the UK. It's it's a lot more this kind of pace and vibe. So um, I feel like I just fit in better around here than I do in the trendy spots as it, as it, as it, as it were, <laughs> you know? You, yeah, you give trendy vibes, but I think I totally relate to that of like sometimes when you get I'll to- I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. I give trendy vibes. You give trendy vibes. Oh, like, oh. look at your outfit. It's, like, pretty swaggy. <laughs> but then you're Appreciate also, it. like, hanging with the Amish folk. So it's, like, a good little juxtaposition, yeah, Zane, okay? Yeah. But what I find interesting is I love that you said, like, you would be in New York City, and I'm assuming you would be going out, and there's paparazzi everywhere taking photos of you. Pennsylvania, there ain't no paparazzi. No, yeah, that's a great thing. Are they finding you or no? No, no, there's none out here. I, don't, I think there's like laws and stuff. They're not allowed to even take photos in certain places. And oh, stuff that's too. amazing. So, yeah, cool. Okay, the most important question, have you gone to Wawa yet? I have. Uh, Wawa's a nighttime lifesaver out here. <laughs> I was like... I, how am I going to get along with Zane if he hasn't like had a love for Wawa yet? No, so you I love, love Wawa. It. Yeah, like late night studio sessions. There's nothing else open. You have to go to Wawa, get the, the meatball soap. Yeah. <laughs> it is so fucking superior. I remember growing up and my excuse whenever I would want to go like meet up with boys would be like, Mom, like I just want to go get a Wawa sub. And she'd be like, you're not Using Wawa as your cover up. Yeah. <laughs> This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with Sparkling Ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, 
peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor, sparkling ice, anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Daddy Gang? Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Daddy Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. Okay, so I feel like, again, you're kind of this mysterious guy, Zane. We don't really know too much about you. You're kind of under the radar. So can you take me through a typical day in the life of Zane in Pennsylvania? Like, what are we doing? Make us feel like we're a part of your life. Um, A typical day for me is, uh, it kind of varies. It depends, you know, like what, what kind of mood I wake up in. But I take it pretty easy. Like, I just... Um, Either now, because obviously I've got my daughter like 50% of the time, it's, it's, it's a balance between the two things. But when I'm by myself, a typical day is um, I'll probably wake up around like midday, have a shower, eat some food, um, and then like figure out if I'm going to go to the studio and do some writing because I've been in like writing mode for a long time, just like working on my records and stuff. So just, yeah, just getting into the studio pretty much and then I'll, I'll be there like all day until I got sleep. Then you're going to Wawa. And then I go to Wawa, yeah. yeah of course, that's it, of yeah. course. <laughs> and stop off for a sandwich. Are you uh are you someone that likes to be alone? Um I like my own space. Um I like to um collect my thoughts in like a more quiet environment. Um I feel like when there's a lot of people around it kinda like just gets a bit hectic for me. Yeah. I just I like to chill by myself from time to time, but I don't mind hanging out with people now, like on occasion, you know what I'm saying? Like it has to be the right kind of environment and I have to like want to be there, you know? (laughs) No, I get that. I feel like that's also growing up. Like I was recently talking to some of my audience. I was meeting them in person and we're like, it's kind of weird when you just start to grow up, you just get more specific with who you want to spend your time with. I think that's a healthy thing. Obviously you're on a even bigger stage because you were around millions of people in stadiums and tours and everything. But I also think that's kind of relatable of like, you know what, sometimes I want to be alone and then I'll still hang with people, but like you got to be good company. Yeah, I've always thought like um, it would be, you know, a pretty normal reaction to feel that way around so many people. I think anybody who was like overwhelmed in that manner would feel, you know, a certain type of of way about it. But um, I'm definitely learning to manage it a lot better. Like um, as I'm getting older, like it's it's more of a choice, you know, rather than a than a hindrance. It's not like I can't do that. It's like I'd I'd rather prefer not to. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. I own it a bit more. Yeah. You obviously love music, mm-hmm. but can you share with us, like, what are some of your other hobbies? What are you passionate about? What's other than music? Um, like, my main passion, I think, outside of music is, is art. I love to paint and I, I love to draw. Um, I do a bit of cooking. Okay, tell me one of your dishes. Come on, I can't um, cook for shit. I can so. cook a lot of different things, um, but I like to cook meat, like, specifically. Like, um, I, I have a smoker outside and I like to smoke like lamb and and i cook like my like i'll do like 
grilled vegetables with it and stuff. Oh, but, yeah. is this like new or were you always good at cooking? I wasn't always good at cooking, unfortunately for me. No, <laughs> my, my mum kind of spoiled me as a kid. So when I was living by myself, like at 17, there was some botch jobs done for some meals. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't great. Some some disgusting uh, yep. uh, stuff was going down yeah, for like sure. Yeah, mac and cheese, the Yeah, horrible. Noodles. Yeah, just sandwiches, you know, out of like crisps. That's kind of nice to be able to know like you can cook, you're over there painting you can sing okay yeah. no big deal <laughs> d- d- don't keep bragging over there uh, wow no, making yeah, us sorry. all look bad <laughs> do you have animals i do yeah i've got a lot of animals i have three cats oh. three dogs oh. do they get along uh they're kind of like in different places i have mm. some dogs at one part of my house and the cats in the other um the we have three turtles six chickens do you name them all no i haven't not this time. I got too attached last time and it, it, it made, made me really sad. Did the chickens die? Yeah. Oh, God. I took, I took my chicken to, to the vet um, to get a scan because oh. something was wrong with her. And the vet laughed at me and said, people don't bring chickens here. <laughs> um, and, and then they still charged me for an x-ray. And then I, I took my chicken all the way home and cried. And, and she died in my arms. Yeah. Wait, Zane, I'm like not laughing because it's funny. It's, it's just... it, it is kind of funny, but not because the chicken died, but it's just funny seeing me take a chicken to and the And when bed, you say think, you're yeah. holding your chicken, like are you holding your chicken like this? Yeah, fully on my lap, yeah. She died on my lap. So you weren't crazy for going to the vet? No, yeah, she had something wrong with it. We tried to rescue them. They were going to be uh, slaughtered, I think. Um, and uh, they had all kinds of things wrong with them yeah but i've got new chickens now and they're all healthy and stuff but i didn't name them for that reason okay and what are the names of the cats salem uh dobby and Vito. dobby is that from harry potter it's from harry potter he's a sphinx he's a pink sphinx yeah so he looks a little bit like dobby, dobby. Himself, yeah. harry <laughs> that's so good you're a harry potter fan i'm a big harry potter fan <sighs> zane i didn't know that about yeah, you i, I wouldn't potter. have pegged you as like a harry potter guy yeah this is like really good vibes it was it was my thing as a kid yeah I that's really potter. good okay and what are the dogs names um zion zeus and thumper thumper with a f with an f yeah thumper thumper like thumper but with an f how did you come up with that uh bambi oh. thumper yeah, the yeah, rabbit yeah. but you wanted an f yeah, thumper thought sounded better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's better in my accent, thumper. You yeah, know? it does sound pretty yeah. good. Um, Something I love to do on Call Her Daddy is like, the reason we all are the way that we are is because of our childhood, where we came from, who we were raised by, our environment growing up. Obviously, you living in Pennsylvania right now is so different from where you grew up in the UK, in Bradford, mm-hmm. like you described. Can you explain to people that may not be familiar with Bradford, like, what was your upbringing like and what was that environment like? Um, Where do you want me to start? Just wherever it feels right, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Bra- Bradford's not obviously like Pennsylvania in terms of, you know, like the wealth and the way that it's like, you know, looked after and taken care of. It's um, it's a impoverished community, you know. There's people below working class there that, um, that have, you know, a hard environment that they're growing up in, you know. Everyone's kind of got some issues going on at home or something's happening, you know, even if it's on the street or whatever, wherever you go, there's there's a lot of um, confliction, you know. Um, so it, it was very different to um, 
to hear in that sense for sure. But um, I'm very grateful for where I grew up because it, it definitely, like you said, shaped and molded a lot of um, identity for me. Um, early on, I was questioned, you know, and like interrogated about my identity because of my environment. Like, it's just the way it is. Like, you have to have a good understanding of who you are. Um, and uh, I'm really grateful for that. You know, it, it helped cement um, my own identity myself, I think. When you talk about like people would question your identity, I know your family is not from the UK. Uh-huh. Your family is Pakistani. Uh-huh. And I'm curious, is that my, what my father is? My mum's my, my English. Okay. Yeah. So did, are you saying like, is that how that was influenced? Over- no, not necessarily just in, in every sense of the word. Like even like your fashion, the clothes you want to wear, the way you want to cut your hair. It was always something was questioned. You know, if you weren't doing the norm that mm-hmm. was like that everybody would do, was doing or everyone was following, you know, everyone would wear a certain type of pant or a certain type of shoe. And if you weren't dressed that way, you would get questioned about it. You know, like people would be very like in your face and be like, give you shit. So you had to like have a bit about you so that you could you know, know who you were and have a conversation back. <laughs> have a bit of wits about you as it is, right. you know, street smarts, for sure. You got to be able to, like, hold your own. Exactly, yeah. And when you say people are coming at you, is it more like peer dynamics of, yeah. or is it more like authoritative figures? There's, there's a, yeah, there's a a, 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 balance, a, a mix, sorry, of, mm-hmm. of everything. It's, um, it depends, you know, there's, there's the peer pressure in schools and stuff, but then it's on the street. If you go out there and stuff, if you're just trying to have a good time, you know, like, it's not... Um, as f- yeah. friend, friendly fun, you know, it's yeah. it's a bit more like um, yeah. irate. There's mm-hmm. there's there's a bit of a bit of aggression going on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Talk to me about where you grew up. Like, are you in an apartment? Are you in a condo? Are oh you in no, a we, we I grew up in a in a terraced house, um, uh, in a rented property. Um, we never owned our, our own house. Um, so yeah, it was it was a small house. There was like three bedrooms, kitchen, living room. But the streets like are all like every house is like stuck next to the one mm-hmm. next to it. You know what I'm saying? It's, there's no space. You have a garden that's like mm-hmm. like enough for maybe a dog to sit in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a bit different for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. So you have three sisters. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so you are the one boy and three sisters. I did have three sisters. Yeah. What was it like growing up with all? mostly women around you like how do you think that shaped you um I feel like I learned a lot of things like early on (laughs) um my sisters are are very opinionated you know they're very um strong characters um and uh yeah I love them they're great they they were a lot of fun yeah it was always entertaining in our house for sure I love I really love when I meet a guy and I'm, you can just tell that he has sisters because you can just tell the way they move around women. You guys learn what a fucking tampon is earlier. I had to go to the store and buy them. Wow. So you were like really supporting that time of the month. Yeah. Terrified. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But supportive. For sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> were you reluctant to go to the store and buy them? Definitely not. It was just kind of weird. Like when the shopkeeper would ask me like why I was buying them and I'm like, obviously I'm not buying them for myself, you know, like. Like, do you have to ask me that? Like, just let me buy this. You wouldn't stick like a couple extra like snacks around it. You're just like tampons. No, yeah. We didn't have money for extra snacks. It was just it needs to a main. Yeah. Zane's like, I'll take the supers. These bitches are means on to a main, it. Sorry, the other way around. But yeah, exactly. It was always an awkward conversation. But yeah, I, I didn't mind it. I respect it. I really do. Do that for your sisters. Okay, to people obviously that weren't there in your childhood, how would you describe your personality as a kid? 
my personality as a kid, I think I was uh, a bit of a cheeky, cheeky chappy. Yeah, I used to mischievous, used to get into all kinds of just childish stuff, you know, like climbing in places I shouldn't have been and falling out of trees and smashing windows and stupid things, yeah. Oh. With, with a football, accidentally, of course, you know. Right, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah. So you were getting in trouble a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just like childish stuff, though, yeah. you know, nothing too serious. Yeah, like yeah. climbing trees. Exactly, yeah, exciting shit. <laughs> okay, so you were kind of just like doing your thing as a kid, but I also think the way that you're describing the environment that you grew up, was there a way that you could have gone down the wrong path easily because of that environment, it was easy to get wrapped up in the wrong crowd? Oh, definitely, yeah. I think there was always uh, an opportunity to go and do something that, you know, uh, would have got you in, like, serious trouble. Um, I was uh, really lucky in the sense that, like, my mother and father, like, were super protective of that environment. My dad was always aware of, you know, the things that were out there, and he always explained stuff to me from a young age, um, and uh, kind of kept me away from that, if I'm being honest. And that's where, like, I developed into being a person that likes to be by myself and, like, in my room, like, singing, recording, writing. I got into, you know, poetry and things like that because I was in my room a lot, like, um, and I didn't like to be in, in them kind of environments. It was just... Uh, a bit too much you know yeah. I was always a bit more of a reserved kind of guy a bit you know artistic wanted to do my own thing I didn't really want to be in that so my parents did a good job of keeping me away yeah. from it I think yeah did you get along with kids in school were you like the cool kid were you bullied like what was the vibe yeah thing? I think I got on with with pretty much everyone but mm -hmm. I wasn't like I, I was the type of person who only ever had like two three close friends okay. I didn't have like a big group like I knew people people knew of me I don't think I was the cool kid yeah but I wasn't bullied either yeah like I if if people knew me they were friendly with me yeah yeah I feel like a lot of kids we always have that like memory maybe it's financial maybe it's something with the parents or the siblings or extended family like of like a childhood memory that you remember your family kind of just being like stressed or going through something difficult kind of like if you could remember kind of a childhood memory that you remember just being like stressed about something in your life like looking back at like childhood stresses like I, I feel like a lot of them were so like finicky that it was just probably just some teenage shit you know what I mean it wasn't anything important um so I don't really look back at things like that and uh, in my personality the, the way I am like I I've never really like looked back and been like oh yeah this is one thing that like yeah. kind of was you know a stressful thing I think life is interesting like that I think you know it depends on what you're going through at that time and how you feel and then you can reflect on it at a different point and feel completely differently yeah. about it it's so interesting I have a lot of respect even for you answering it like that because I know that you've been open about like at one point your family being on food stamps and I feel like a lot of people would sit here and that may have been the answer, right? Yeah, yeah. That would have been like, well, fuck, like I couldn't even, I didn't know where my next meal was. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, you know, maybe it was childish shit, like no big deal. And it's like, that's interesting if you... Yeah, no, and obviously th there is, th there was some serious things like that for sure too, but I don't look back at it in... in terms of a negative light you know it all helped to like shape and mold who I am and uh, make me grateful for the things that I have now you know yeah so we are here because you can sing when did you first realize you were passionate about singing and you could sing um I think I was about 11 12 um I'd sung a little bit before like I'd 
done a bit in, in like school choir and stuff. Um, funny story, I actually fancied like these three girls that were in choir um, and they were triplets. And that's why I just was like, I'm going to be in choir just so I can hang around these girls. <laughs> Um, and then it developed from there when uh, I went into high school, I went to a performing arts college, like mm -hmm. uh, specifically like majored in, in sports and performing arts. Mm -hmm. And um, they were doing the school production that year for Greece and I auditioned um, and nobody could sing like at all, like in our whole school. And I went and did this like singing audition. Everyone was like, whoa, you can sing. And then my... Um, music teacher like recommended that I get like a couple of singing lessons and stuff um and then she said I think you should go on X Factor I think you've got a good chance like and it just kind of went from there like I so. love that the story started with you know there were these three triplets <laughs> and it just felt right to join choir I was like eight as well by the way <laughs> just for the so record. swaggy yeah. you're like i gotta get in that class I need to just yeah spend this time yeah. right so like your natural just like boy interest ended up you realized something that you had a true talent from yeah. the triplets to x factor you made it <laughs> so it's so funny too because you say you wouldn't be where you are without your mom because you didn't want to get out of bed the morning that you had the x factor audition and your mom made you go why did you also not want to go initially? Um, I think it was just nerves. Um, yeah. I, I built it up in my head and I was like, yo, this is a massive thing. And yeah, I was like, I don't think I'm going to go today. And my mom's like, you are going. You're going right now. You're going to go see what happens. So yeah, I definitely owe it to her for that, for oh sure. Oh my God. And so did you like practice? You were practicing for it? Yeah. Um, but I had no idea, no clue. Like they, they told us like we had to have like um, a backing track, like a... A karaoke version and like I was so like inexperienced at that time that I didn't even know what that was so like I was just planning on singing a cappella, so I was just gonna do it like without anything um and it was so weird for me to adjust to singing on a backing track I was like this is a, such a weird experience <laughs> I think even Simon looked at me a little bit weird like when I did the a cappella because everybody had backing tracks and stuff but yeah so that probably made you stand out though I don't know. It could have worked either way. Maybe it made me sound really bad too. No, well, obviously not. Look where you're fucking sitting. Yeah, true. Wait, do you yeah. remember what you sang? Yeah, I do. Mario, let me love you. And the reason I said that is because I've seen that uh, performance back a few times and cringed every time I watched it. Uh, so, yeah. Wait. It's not my best vocal performance. There's a lot of nerves involved there for sure. But clearly there was something in there, Zane. There's some talent. Yeah, there's wow. some potential acapella and he just nails it when you look back at that moment obviously is it like surreal like if you even had to like watch it back like is it does it even feel like a lifetime ago yeah it does it feels like so much longer than it actually was because yeah. um, so much stuff's happened in that time um yeah it's it's, it's very interesting very surreal um and I, I feel all them nerves again like when i watch it like i i feel like i could like give myself a hug you know and be like it's okay, bro. Because <laughs> I literally am like holding onto the mic for dear life. <laughs> Please, nobody hurt me. Um, it's so yeah. good. It's so good. So obviously then, X Factor, everyone, Simon, everyone came to you guys and they had this idea to invent One Direction. And then I, I think people don't, I don't even know, like, did you even meet anyone before they put you guys together? Yeah, we knew each other like just 
from around because okay. we were like a similar age and stuff so naturally you speak to people who were like a similar age to you around there and stuff and we were at boot camp together and we'd i met harry the on my audition day because um we both auditioned in manchester and we were literally to... sat next to each other in the audition oh so it was like fucking meant to be he was sat right next to me we spoke and i went in and did like a producing audition round and then he went in straight after me and we oh, spoke wow. a little bit there, yeah. So you weren't complete strangers. That's no, good to yeah. know. Because like, I didn't know if they like just threw you all together and then you were like, hey, He said it very well, obviously. You know, you don't see all behind the scenes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, you spend a lot of time with the contestants. Okay, got it. Once you started, obviously, One Direction and you joined One Direction, like how quickly did your actual life change? Was it overnight immediate or was it a little bit gradual? Um, it was kind of strange. It, 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 the, the, like visual evidence of life changing like people being outside of the the studio and stuff was like um when we were on the live shows um we started to get like a, a fan base and an audience and you could see that people were paying interest in us um so yeah from that point on like it was kind of a bit crazy like what were you even able to comprehend it uh not really i don't think uh comprehended it at all like i think it's just a rush you know it was like just fun um and then the repetitive fun over and over again eventually is going to take its toll you know what totally. i mean so then you look at it a certain way when you're in that and like it feels overbearing now i look back at it like it was a rush you know it was it was fun it was and it was something that was amazing like so of course i wasn't going to understand it it's not something i expected in my life but um it was definitely fun for sure yeah, yeah. Because it is so interesting. I think people forget, like, you were 17 at the time. Yeah, 17, yeah. Like, my brother lived in this house at 17 and was, like, picking his nose and going to Wawa and, like, trying to fucking get girls to pay attention to him. And you are, like, all of a sudden overnight become one of the biggest stars in the world. Can you help us, commoners over here, Zane? Commoners. Commoners. (laughs) Can you help us understand, like, what skyrocketing to that level of fame can do to you as an individual when you're like by yourself at night laying in bed trying to understand like what is happening to you in your life um yeah you could you can definitely get into you know um deep places of thought if you really reflect on it in that kind of manner um to be honest with you i don't think i was even like intellectually capable to to do that at that age you know like i think it's took time for me to process them things Mm -hmm. i think i've had to like process it with an with an older um mind and and look at it backwards and be like yo this was why this happened and this is what happened and you know we took off at this point and this this interview made this happen and then this song made this happen and just decipher it you know uh, as like facts rather than like in an emotional manner because um emotion like just seems to just blur things you know so I I try not to think about them things on that kind of level, like, oh, I'm super famous. Like, mm-hmm. I just make music, you know? I love singing, and people seem to have an interest in it. Yeah, so, yeah, a little bit, yeah. just a little bit. No, I almost get what you're saying, like, you kind of have to black it out and just be present because if you stop to think about all of it, then it's all going to come. Exactly. Yeah. And that's you. how I deal with it. I don't black it out so much, but I just don't overthink, mm-hmm. you know? Um, 
it, it works for me that way i think yeah you just almost have to stay present because it's like what else in the moment yeah, yeah just enjoy it and then like in you know 10 years time you can look back and be like this is what happened right. yeah. like now you can look at it in hindsight and be like if you have 10 years time but you right know, right, <laughs> if right. You have that luxury yeah but you've had time probably now to be like whoa in your quiet moments now in life where you can actually sit and dissect things that at 17 18 years old Again, like you said, I was just having fun. I was just going with it. And also, it's not like you were just on this solo tour. Like, you were a part of something. Uh So that also probably affected of, like, be a good team player. Like, go with the flow. Like, do what you got to do. Obviously, your guys' fans are insane. They're obsessed. They're still obsessed. They're everywhere. They love you guys. Can you share any, like, memorable fan moments that you remember to this day that have stuck with you of just, like, anything that happened that you're like, damn. Um, I've I've probably said this a lot of times, okay. but honestly, it was one of the craziest and, and most bizarre moments ever. Um, I remember coming out of a, a, a studio once in Sweden when we were recording What Makes You Beautiful, and this is before even we dropped our first single, and there was, like, a row of like maybe five, six bins, like trash cans, like outside of the studio. And I came out and like every single one of the trash cans opens and there's like three people inside of each trash can. And they tried to like grab me and it was was a very memorable moment. That was for sure, yeah. I think I had a mini heart attack. (laughs) Humans popped out from garbage cans cans and tried to grab you. It's like a fucking video game. Like swallow you into the fucking... (laughs) What? Yeah, it's funny, Oh, wow. Do you think that in any way... That's dedication though, right? Like to get into a trash can. Zane, they were willing to get in the trash bucket for you. Okay? (laughs) Motherfucker, they are loyal. They are. Do you think that those kind of moments though, not that we don't love the fans, we're obsessed, but like people being so obsessed with you like is there any lingering paranoia from people constantly staring at you and following you no no not really i don't have paranoia in that sense no that's good you sleep well yeah i do i sleep in pennsylvania yeah i can hear the crickets <laughs> it's amazing there's, there's no crazy people out there <laughs> <laughs> no one crazy in Pennsylvania. Oh, that's debatable. You're performing in front of massive crowds. And I I know you're kind of saying like you were in the moment, but like, were you able to just easily get in front of all these people? Was there no fear or anxiety that came with like standing in front of th- thousands and hundreds of thousands of people when you're on stage? Um, I think there was, but I don't think we had time for it. Mm-hmm. Like there was no like, you have time to have anxiety or be nervous you're just kind of gonna go do it you know like get on with it um so yeah we just we kind of i think we just got thrown into the deep end and we kind of just had to swim you know like um and i feel like we did a good job like in terms of like you know the the keeping it together and and making the music that we were meant to make i think i got out the right time i think if it had done it any longer it might have affected me a bit more but um i think uh we did the right amount you know i think it's interesting too because when you look at bands or even just like any brand that has like multiple people attached to it like everyone loves to put archetypes with people like the spice girls for example perfect example Mm -hmm. you have to label everyone and so for a boy band it would be like the boy next door like the bad boy like the in like the brooding one or the funny one like what persona do you think you played this would make out that i was like the the brooding serious one yeah Mm -hmm. but that wasn't necessarily my personality type 
just I think it's just a marketing scheme. You know, you've got the Teletubbies, you've got Spice Girls, you've got whatever. Like it's just a marketing scheme. You know, like oh, this is this one. Um, so I get it, um, but I, I don't. I, I don't think you can define a, an entire person to one personality trait. You know, yeah. we're a little bit more complex than that. Um, yeah, I don't know what my trait would have been if I'd have given myself one. It might have took a long time <laughs> to, to come up with one if I was going to do that. So I could see why they, they just said, oh, yeah, you can be the mysterious one. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I love the Teletubby reference. You're like, the Teletubbies, the Spice Girls, One Direction. I'm like, the fucking Teletubbies. But yeah, but I think right. Sa- Simon was behind the Teletubbies but, too. Oh, stop. <laughs> was he actually? Yeah, and the Power Rangers, yeah. It's so fucking crazy. It's all he's, coming he's full got circle. A, he's got it's a all plan. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. No, but it's interesting. So I was gonna ask. Like, I agree. You kind of had this like brooding, mysterious personality, and that's why I'm excited to sit down with you today. Because again, those stereotypes that were put onto people. I'm curious if, first of all, who comes up with that? Marketing people, I guess. I'm guessing. So, yeah, yeah, it's not like the fans. It kind of just happens. Well, yeah, and maybe some some of the fans kind of like naturally say this too you know yeah, what i mean yeah, from yeah. like pictures and things like that like so you did you agree so you didn't agree with it but do you think you leaned into it more or do you were just i like, think whatever. i just had one face to pull you know in, in my i was doing the zoolander like that was it you know what i mean i was only a young kid i didn't know what else to do <laughs> i get it if anything maybe it made it easier because you're like this is just my lane yeah this just, is me just, just stick with this they will ask me too many questions do yeah. you think you're mysterious um not really. I just, uh, I just like to just like chill, you know. I like to be in, in the back a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm a bit okay. more re- relaxed. I'm not like trying to like be right. in your face, you know. You're not trying to jump in front. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well now you're solo, so you got to jump in That's front, it. Dane. Okay, we're gonna get there. <laughs> Take the reins. Um, I love how you kind of mentioned, you know, you got out at the right time, and I think that you leaving the band obviously shook the fucking world and everyone was like Zane like no like keep it together but I think what again we forget is you're a human being and you clearly had to take care of your mental health and do what was best for you can you I know you've lightly talked about this but just so we get a full circle moment can you just take us back to that moment of like actually sitting with yourself and knowing it was time to leave uh yeah I think I'd known for a minute there was a lot of look I don't want to go into too much detail but there was a lot of politics going on um certain people were doing certain things certain people didn't want to sign contracts so i knew something was happening um so i just got ahead of the curve if i'm being honest with you i was like i'm just gonna get out of here i think this is done and i just seen it um and i completely selfishly wanted to be the first person to go and make my own record if i'm being completely honest with you i was like i'm gonna jump the gun here for the first time i'm passive dude but when it comes to my music and uh, and my business i'm serious about it and i'm competitive so i wanted to be the first to go and do my own thing that's that was the reason and then there was obviously underlying issues like within our friendships too we'd been together every day for five years and we got sick of each other if we're being completely honest we were we were close you know we'd done crazy things with each other and that nobody else in the world will ever understand or have them experiences that we've shared with each other and and I look back on it now in a much fonder light than I would have you know as I just left um there were great experiences I had great times with them but yeah we just run our cars I love that you're saying that too because I think people can relate to that of like if you're with the same people 24 7 no shit and I think I can imagine as you guys were younger 
everyone was so idealizing this band that you couldn't say that back in the day of like, yeah, we got fucking sick of each other. It was time to like do our own things. And I think that's so okay. But because there was this obsession, obviously, I get it. There's the nostalgia. For sure, yeah. It's an idea, isn't it? It's like when you watch Friends, you you don't want Joey cussing off Chandler, you know what I mean? You want these people to be best friends. Like it's an idea. Yeah, you want them to stay together forever. But I also think it's so healthy because imagine if you hadn't ended it, then you really would have fucking hated each other. And yeah. being able to go on your own way. Also, someone always has to be the first one to leave. Exactly. And maybe it's the best thing for it. But in the time, I can imagine there's hurt feelings. Um, were you afraid of what the world was going to think of you when you made that decision? Uh, I don't think I was afraid. No. Um, I just, um, the first thing I wanted to do was uh, call my mom. As cheesy as that sounds. I just wanted to call her and be like, is it okay if I come home? Like, is this this is this good? Like, and she was like, yeah. So as soon as she said that, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm good. Like, I'm I'm done. Like, I'm over this. I don't. I didn't really care about what anybody else thought. That's that's the type of person I am. Like we were talking about earlier, I try to close them opinions off. I'm not really the type of person who defines myself on other people's opinions of myself. If people know me and know me well, they know who I am. Yeah. Um, and I spend that time on them people and make sure that they're you know looked after and they get that time with me rather than the people that I'm never necessarily even going to see or you know have a conversation with especially if it's a negative remark you know positive remarks are always nice I I don't really pay attention to either of them if I'm being completely honest with you just don't let it get in my head I think that's so smart because I think social media even if you're not famous like everyone is feeding themselves and their worth by what other people are saying about them and it's like you good with your family? And like, I don't mean family by blood. Like you may Just, not be yeah, good with people who, who that you have family? around you. Yeah. yeah. Your circle. Yeah. yeah. And as long as they're good, then that's all that matters to me. Wait, yeah. But did you not tell your mom you were doing it? Uh, did I not tell my mom I was leaving? Yeah. No, I t- but I, I, it was like kind of spurred a moment. Like I, I'd not told her beforehand, like, oh, I'm thinking of leaving. Um, I just called her on that day and, that I was leaving and said, I'm coming home. Is it okay? Have you still got a bed for me? And she was like, yeah. Stop. <laughs> yeah, man. So it's She's long, like, can't and, come back. Yeah, my dad wasn't so cool about it. He was like, no, nah, no, nah, you got to stay with Simon. Simon's going to stay. you right. Like, don't come home. Stay there. Um, but my mom was like, yeah, you can come home. Please, son, come home. You know? <laughs> Oh my god, that's actually really cute that the first person like, Mom, do you have a bed for me? Mm-hmm. She's like, let's go. Because didn't you also buy your mom, one of the first things you did with your success is you bought her a home? I when did, you- yeah. How cool was that to be able to buy your mom something after amazing. everything she's done? Yeah, it's a great feeling. Wild. Um, okay, so you leave the band. And t- take me to when you're laying in your mom's home, you're in bed. What were those next couple weeks like for you, like mentally and emotionally? It was interesting. I was just trying to get stuff together. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to get, like, a plan of action. You know what I mean? So I was, like, on a bit of a mission. I wasn't there too long. I went home for a little bit, and then I went back to London and started working and stuff. That must have been so stressful, too, because I feel like... I guess we see it in various different forms, but, like, if you make a jump, even if someone, like, quits their job, right? They're like, I need to prove to myself and other people that, like... I now can do it. Like, and so did you put pressure on yourself when obviously you came out being solo? Like, were you fucking nervous? Yeah, for sure. It's a very different experience starting on stage by yourself too. Like, it's it's a whole different workload as well, singing three and a half minutes of a song completely by yourself. Like, when you've got 
a song divvy between five people. You're singing a little bit of a verse, maybe some ad libs. Mm-hmm. You know, I preferred the workload. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> um, but you're like taking a nap in the back. You're <laughs> just, just like saying it's your part. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Nice one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, 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 I just kind of had to like make an adjustment. I started practicing a lot more, singing a lot more and just like making sure I could sing for three minutes. <laughs> right. You had to be like, I need to get back to my, let me love you days where I'm like back That's on X Factor. Yeah. It's just me. I'm curious. And I don't know. Cause I know you were saying, and I, I totally respected of like, you were kind of just in this phase of going, 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 and you didn't have time to stop. But when you did go solo and you left, did you have to take any moment to be like, who the fuck am I independent of now not being a part of something that I was identified as in media? Um, yeah, definitely. I think it, that's why um, I've took the time I have to mm-hmm. like not even necessarily do interviews and do too much like mm-hmm. press exposure because I feel like we were so overexposed in the band that like it takes a bit of time for you naturally to progress as a human and give something else that is interesting that you have to say you don't want to be sat there just saying the same shit on repeat you know what right. i mean day in day out like i think there should be a good healthy break in between and that was my approach to it for sure so um i feel like uh, in terms of you know figuring out what your identity is as as an artist the only way you're going to do that is by living you know you can't yeah. just be on the conveyor belt and expect to have any sort of experience that's new that you're going to give people. I love that too. Cause I feel like people, especially creators, there's such a stress about taking a break and it doesn't mean you're actually taking a break. You could be working. Still your working. Ass off. Yeah, yeah. You're just, but like popping out of the not scene. doing it in the spotlight. Yeah. yeah. And you did, were you able to just not have anxiety about it? Cause you're like, I know I'm coming back, but it's like, I got to just be good on my own shit and not be fulfilling the tabloids and everyone else. Like, how am I on my own right exactly, now? Exactly. Yeah. That's, that was the whole wow. thought behind it for sure. So you start doing your own solo music. Uh-huh. And I remember when you came out, pillow talk, all the good stuff you popped off and it's like really dope to see you coming out with your own sound and creative and it's you and that's exciting to know like you are producing this and it's not obviously and no shade to one direction but like you're one of five like you can't really have a full say in shit now this is you when you started on your solo career like was there anything that you really wanted to make sure that you could bring to life that maybe you weren't able to when you were in a band like creatively Um, creatively i just wanted to talk about things you know that were a bit more real Mm -hmm. like an authentic um to situations i was going through in my life like obviously certain things that we would talk about in the band was always very you know clean cut like just glazing over the top not really any depth or any stories Mm -hmm. to what's going on um and that was always a, a big thing for me obviously i understand again from a marketing scheme that like the the audience and the fan base we were appealing to at that point was that kind of vibe. So it was never going to work for that kind of audience. But yeah, I just wanted to show people that had a bit more depth. Yeah. 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 I get that. Cause like even earlier you said like you like to write poetry and I'm like, I can only imagine how much the writing process is therapeutic and you get to infuse parts of yourself and your identity Whereas that just like wasn't in the past, which it shouldn't have been. Like yeah. it was a band, it was great, whatever. But now you can actually artistically exercise that part of yourself, which must be 
I think it's difficult for people to write songs even from one one perspective you know Mm -hmm. like there was five of us in the room when we used to write sometimes and it was so hard to get us all to like have the same viewpoint and want to talk about the same thing Um, so in that sense from a creative point it is uh, a lot more freeing for me like I can fully get to grips with every part of it you know the melody the the story the production the the emotion the feeling that Mm -hmm. I'm trying to convey in in each song so in, in that sense it's super liberating it's cool because i i think you're getting now we're getting to know you a little bit better now that you are doing solo music but do you think do you think that the world even like slightly knows zane yet um i don't know (laughs) um i i try to uh like move in a certain way that you know hopefully i will still have some juice you know i don't want i don't want to give everything all in one go (laughs) so um if they don't know everything yet that's okay but hopefully they're getting to know me a bit better Mm -hmm. in this interview Mm -hmm. you know see they're getting to see my thought patterns (laughs) still a little mysterious yeah i'm trying i'm trying i'm trying (laughs) to be an open book (laughs) okay how about this Uh describe yourself in three words. Describe myself in three words. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm definitely not going to use mysterious <laughs> as one of them. Um, I would say um, I'm a chill, funny, mm. loving guy. All the girls watching this are like... Ah, so nice. That's so nice. What's your favorite thing about yourself? Um, I don't know. I think I I think I I like the fact that um I'm pretty witty. Like I'm I'm pretty smart. Like, and I enjoy that about myself. I think you're good company with yourself. Yeah, yeah. I I I enjoy that. I'm pretty smart. I I have little laughs to myself. You know about that. (laughs) Um, what's your least favorite thing about yourself? Um, I'm a bit sensitive sometimes. Yeah, not in a bad way. Like, yeah, yeah, I can like take thing. things the wrong way sometimes. I like, can. I'm definitely working on that. Like, give me an example. Like, I just like tend to like if somebody says something to me, like I'll take it the wrong way. If like I really care about their opinion, what they're saying to me. Got it. Yeah. Then you'll get upset. Yeah. I think that's good though. That means you care. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like I said, with the people that are close to me. Right. Do you think you at times can be too caring in moments that you need to learn to like I'm I'm learning to to be to be a bit more tame with it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Little boundaries. Yeah. No, not not boundaries, just like I'm just learning not to like get in my head about certain mm-hmm. things, you know, um across the board. Like I I exercise that well in terms of like dealing with the media and things mm-hmm. like that, but I don't necessarily do that too well in my personal life sometimes. I take yeah. things to heart. Yeah. That's good, though. Again, it does mean you care. But I get, then you're like, yeah, but then I'm over here, like, dying inside. I got to, like, muster up the courage to Then be I like, go write a song. Yeah, yeah. Put that into a song, okay? Uh, give us one that's, like, really sad so we can, oh, like, Oh, I've cry. got a few. I've got a few. <gasps> oh, really? A few really sad ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, this is what we need. Zane. Okay. We need some criers. We've got some cry moments. What do you think is the biggest misunderstanding about you? Um, that I'm, like, super serious. Like, that I, like, just, I'm, like, super stern and serious, yeah, all the time. When I'm not, like, um, I'm just chill. I, I know that, like, a lot of people have, like, 
um, high energy personalities and it's just not the way I am. It's, you know what I'm saying? I'm just a bit more relaxed about things. It's actually nice to be in person with you because I could see in media, it could come off, I get it, like serious. You're literally just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> you're relaxed. I'm just relaxed. You're, yeah. you're cozy in your sweater. There's thunder. There's rain. We're, We're just Pennsylvania. relaxed. Right? I didn't even have to drive too far. Came to your mom's house. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Dottie Gang? Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Daddy Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. Let's talk about anxiety. Mm -hmm. I know that you have lightly talked about it in times and I just want to talk to you about like how anxiety affects your life. What has it done in terms of playing a part in your personal life, in your career? Like just talk to me about what you're comfortable with. Uh, yeah. So I think we kind of touched on it a bit earlier, like um, when we are talking about, you know, like the, 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 the nature of our job, you know, like the, what we were doing in the band and the, the situation being on stage in front of thousands of people. Um, I think it's a really normal place to experience anxiety you know like you're gonna go and perform in front of you know a lot of different people that you don't know who they are um and it's not a natural thing to do you know in in terms of um everyday life you don't just talk to thousands of people you know um so it was something that i had to you know learn to uh, adjust um anxiety for me i've learned is is a feeling that now has a word you know um, and I feel like for generations, human beings have felt it and not really even been able to put, you know, the finger on what it is. Um, but we overcome it, you know, um, and certain things in, in life can change your perspective on them things. And I think for me, like, since I've had my daughter and since she was born, like, the main thing in, in my mind is like trying to be a good example to her, like in terms of, you know, I can do things and I can achieve things and I can overcome things and you can do this too. Um, and to let things like, you know, a feeling stop you from doing that after having a child feels like a really small thing. Like I feel like I've like had to step up, you know, as, yeah. as, as a man or just, you know, as a person. Um, and be this example to her that doesn't uh, succumb to these feelings. That's why I'm even doing this interview, you know, like I, I used to get a lot of anxiety around like having a conversation like this, just in this kind of environment. And I want her to be able to look at me and be like, yo, my dad's doing this, you know, he's, he's the man, he's cool. He's, yeah, he's, he is he, cool. He's a cool guy, yeah. So um, that's helped me a lot for sure. That is so fucking cool to obviously my mom's a psychologist so I grew up and 
I think mental health was not a conversation for most families and hopefully it will be. But like I've watched so my mom talk to so many people and talk them through how to get over a panic attack, how to get over anxiety, how to not get over it, but like manage it, live with it, be okay to go about your everyday life. I think sometimes if you don't have anxiety, people look at people with anxiety like just get the fuck over it. Mm-hmm. And I think it shows up in everyone's lives in such different ways. And, you and saying, I don't think that's the way you can look at it. You know, yeah. I think everybody's situation is, is individual. Yes. I think it takes an individual experience then to happen for somebody to overcome that yeah, too, you know? Totally. If you think about the first time you can recall in your life experiencing anxiety, did you experience anxiety prior to fame? For sure. Like, yeah. take me to, like, a moment in your life where you remember being like, wow, I didn't know that was anxiety, but now I do. Well, I enjoyed it. That what? was a thing, yeah. Like, I enjoyed being in that feeling. And they got to a certain point, I think, where it just became too much. Like, it just was, was weighing on me, that feeling of, um, like, anticipation and then mm-hmm. getting the adrenaline and then the, the after feeling of that, you know? Um, as a young kid, I loved it. Like, I loved being on stage and I loved performing. It was like a free space for me mm-hmm. to go and be a character because it was, you know, I was playing a, a role in some little school performance. It was nothing serious. Um, when it became a thing that had a lot of weight behind it in terms of, you know, people watching and stuff, then it, you're going to have... Yeah. Um, you're going to have natural feelings of anxiety. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people staring at you, judging you, writing about you, following you, taking pictures of you. That's a lot. Can you share with us, like, in the heyday of paparazzi and insanity, like, what would be something that would really trigger your anxiety in those days? Um, just the idea of, like... Um, like not being able to just do normal things, like mm-hmm. to just go outside and like walk out onto the street, you know, like, cause where we lived, it was kind of a bit crazy. Yeah. And there's just people always there, like waiting to take a photo and stuff. And obviously thinking about having a child and like raising her in that environment, it was just very claustrophobic for yeah. me. I didn't want her to have to be like exposed to that yeah. cause she didn't choose it, you know, mm-hmm. like it was a choice that I made. Yeah. So I was like, we need to get out of here so that she can have, some chance of like a a normal childhood, you know, where there's not cameras flashing in her face constantly. Let's talk about you being a father Mm -hmm. because it's really cool to see you talk about anxiety, which again, I have so much respect for even you being able to talk about it because I know it's like, you're not that public about your life. And that's something that you live with every day. And to say like having a child has helped you, overcome something that is like in your day-to-day that's like pretty debilitating in moments Mm -hmm. um yeah but you being famous and having a child like deciding to move here I can imagine you're trying to shield her from this life that you also are still trying to figure out like is it a lot um I feel like um there's there's a there's a healthy way to do it you know um, I'm not necessarily trying to shield her from it because she's, she's going to know, you know, if she's going to get to a certain point, she's going to have a certain level of awareness. She's going to know what's going on. Um, I'm just trying to give her an option, you know? So it's like a choice for her. Like if she, she wants to be away from it, she can be out here. Like, cause I am a famous person and I get sanctuary here, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like she, um, He's going to have a lot of options and whatever she wants to do in her life, obviously I'll support her yeah, for sure. Yeah. So good. 
Okay, how has becoming a dad shifted your priorities in life? Um, the the crazy thing is, obviously, I have a fifty percent of the time, so um, that time I have with her is so important because I feel like she's growing up so fast. Like, um, so when I'm with her, I don't work like at all. I just spend a full day with her doing the things that she wants to do, like painting, play-doh, this, that, go to the park, go to the theme park, go to the zoo, like, we just have fun, like, and I feel like I've, like, re been, uh, rekindled my own childhood, like, through her, you know what I'm saying, like, I feel like we get to a certain point in, in adult life where everything's kind of vague and grey and boring, yeah. and she's brought that colour back for me, for sure, yeah. <laughs> um what is a dad quality that you've proudly taken on that makes you laugh a little when you think about it of like oh my gosh i can't believe i'm doing this i keep being told i'm telling dad jokes <gasps> and i'm leaning into it i'm just like it's okay it's cool like i'm using like christmas cracker jokes and stuff and it's really funny like people just look at me like i'm a weirdo and i'm like yeah i'm a dad now i'm allowed to tell these jokes you have to give me a pass <laughs> wow zane i didn't expect that i'm not gonna lie yeah, i love a dad joke you're like full dad vibe. That's it, yeah. I'm going, I'm going full. <laughs> I love how you're like, I'm fully leaning in. There is mm -hmm. no stopping me. Mm -mm. Okay, well, you haven't cracked one here. So if you want to, you can always give us your best. But, you know, when it feels... We'll say, we'll say, we'll say that for another time. Okay, okay. <laughs> what is your favorite thing to do with your daughter? My favorite thing to do with her is um, she shows a lot of signs of like um, musical uh, intelligence already. So I just love like playing instruments with her and singing with her um like i'll sing and she sings along and she can do like good harmonies and stuff already and she's only two and a half like and she harmonizes with me well and like finishes notes and she can hold them for a long time i'm like i think you might have a bit of ability you um i'm picturing the two of you playing with play-doh and you start singing and then your daughter starts singing she and can hit like these high notes like falsetto <laughs> like yeah it's crazy i'm like yo like whoa you're good you yeah. be on my i couldn't do album? this at you. i didn't speak till i was three <laughs> how the fuck do you sing <laughs> yeah, whoa wow and she remembers like so full lyrics to songs as well like every word smart wow we we'll got see. a superstar on our hands we'll okay okay <laughs> it's interesting to hear you say like you're singing to her which like uh, would have loved if my dad could have sang he can't um what are you singing to her and like what are her favorite songs that you sing she loves disney movies so we sing a lot of disney songs together and you know, sing like you've got a friend in me and stuff yeah she, she sings it really cute honestly that's really cute thinking about you guys singing that um what qualities of yourself aside from like having that musical aspect more like personality like what qualities do you see from yourself and your daughter I think she's 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 funny. Like she's she's a bit of a cheeky one. Yeah, she likes to have a bit of a joke and stuff, and like laugh a lot. Um, she's she's chilled though, but she loves reading as well, um, which is something I think she definitely took from me. Like she just has a affinity for words. Like she remembers everything. Has becoming a parent changed your relationship with your parents? Definitely, yeah. In in a in a like respect way you know yeah. like you you just have so much respect for the things that they've put aside for you you know like when you realize all the sacrifices that you make as a parent like just to be there and be mm -hmm. present with your child like you can't have nothing but respect for that yeah. for sure 
I know you said like obviously you have for 50% of the time you want to make the most of these moments like what's something that you guys have done together recently that made you so happy and you had like such a great time we went to Nickelodeon in in New Jersey which was was just really good I enjoyed it I know it's like (laughs) super childish but like I I had a lot of fun yeah I think I had more fun than uh, it was good that is so good how is co-parenting going co-parenting is is good yeah Yeah. we have a really good relationship for Kai. She's yeah. the, the you know the main importance. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's going well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think. Seems <laughs> <laughs> like uh, from I me. Think, <laughs> from me, yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> I want to ask you if I can ask one question, just about, like as delicately as I can go about it. I feel like I wouldn't be doing my, my job if I didn't ask about the 2021 incident. Okay. I know you can't really speak on it. I think obviously as a man, you like there was a lot out there said about you and you basically took the high road and didn't say anything. And you kind uh-huh. of put out that like blanket statement of just like, I want to respect my daughter and not say anything. Exactly. Yeah. And I can imagine how difficult it is kind of like almost a culmination of everything we're talking about today of like, how do you balance when something is out there about you, about your character Mm -hmm. that people are reading and speculating and saying things about you? And how do you decide when you, when to speak up and when to like be silent and like chill on it and not really go there? Yeah. So for me, like we were talking about earlier, I don't tend to get involved when people um, say things online, whether it's got something to do with me or whether it doesn't. Um, because for me, my most valuable thing that I have in life is time. And that takes so much time in, in, in a toxic environment to like explain yourself to people and justify this. And so I just kind of keep to myself. I knew what the situation was. I knew what happened. Um, and the people involved knew what happened too. Um, and that's all I really cared about. Um, if anybody, um, you know, of of a same mind would look at the situation, I believe that you could respect that. Like, I just didn't want to bring attention to anything. You know, I just wasn't trying to get into a negative back and forth with her. Any sort of narrative online where my daughter was going to look back and read that and be able to read into it. And it would just be something that was, there was no point. Um, I I believe I dealt with it in, in the best way, like um, in an amicable, respectful way. And that's all that needs to be said, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, just, I feel like it's a lot of negativity, you know? I can only imagine, like, first of all, no fucking family is perfect. And so to be on the stage that you guys are on, I... And like you said, your family issues, you know? Like, if, if something happens in the family, like, I'd rather keep that between yeah, the family, you know? Totally. We don't need a whole audience of people and opinions, because yeah. it's hard enough to manage between two. I more so just also wanted to give you the chance because I think you obviously handled it so amicably. I also think in doing my job, like this is a podcast where I'm trying to support women, right? And like reading headlines, like I wanted to hear from you, obviously, because hearing you even today, I don't know if like, I'm just going to say what it is. Like you have said you have 50% custody. And so anything that has, we've all read online, like well, if that was true, then that would have affected that. Exactly, so yeah. I think it's important to just say, like, me doing my job, I just wanted to clarify, like, it's not like, unless you can correct me, like, you don't have to have 
people with you while you're with your daughter and like no, visitation no, rights like no, yeah. you have custody of your child yeah, yeah. so i think it's just important to say because people are reading this shit being like oh my, yeah you know no for I mean? sure yeah and i'm super full-on yeah like yeah. hands-on with my child yeah. every chance i can be if i could get 60 percent, i would have it yeah. yeah okay let's talk about your music mm-hmm. you're coming back we're getting a song tell me what inspired the song what can we expect give it to um, us yeah so i'm working uh well i've been working on um my record for a minute um and uh i have a single for the summer coming out called love like this that's like a standalone song um just a summer jam it's a good vibe like yeah it just feels like summer that's yeah. what i think we need we do need a good summer like tune. we just need a bop like someone asked me recently like oh like what's the song of summer and i actually said you know what like i'm interviewing someone and i know they have a single coming out <laughs> and i have a feeling that could be the song of summer <laughs> are you nervous to go on stage like alone um i was yeah like when i f- first started like performing by myself i was i was nervous and i'm still nervous now because it's been a few years that right. i've been on stage but I have this like energy too. Like I, I feel like I have something to give and I want to get on yeah. stage and, and be there again and feel that. That's one thing I can say, you know, like my, my fan base has always been supportive in that so manner. Right. They're always just like, we're here, we've got you. Like when you're ready, we've got you, you know, like come, yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. going gonna to come and listen to your tunes. So yeah, no, nah, I got to be um, super, super thankful for that. And I'm super grateful. Um, and I feel that love for sure. So I'm ready to, to prove these people right, you know. Can we expect any music inspired by your daughter on your records? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm doing a. I think I'm doing a record. That I don't think people are really gonna ex- expect. Like, um, it's a different sound oh. for me, and it's got some like more narrative going on like real life experiences and stuff so yeah my daughter's mentioned in there a couple of times wow i think that's going to be so fucking dope to actually hear from you in long form essentially because an album is in long form like we're going to get to know you more which is exciting again because mr mysterious over there we're still trying to understand (laughs) things um okay what is something that you want your fans to take away from this interview I'd like my fans to feel like they got to know me a bit because you keep saying I'm Mr. Mysterious. So, You've been open. I do appreciate uh, Yeah, it. no, so I'm, I'm hoping they got to know me a little bit and they, they feel like they've seen me and caught up with me a bit and, you know, they're going to see me a lot more. Like, and I want them to know that, like, across the board, like, I've kind of had a, a full, like, mental rehaul and in the best way thanks to my my child and you know being able to see things in a different light and um i'm going to be a lot more present and hopefully people are going to see me a lot more i love it yeah zane thank you so much for coming on call her daddy this was truly a pleasure thank you for having me This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Want $0 delivery fees? Try DashPass by DoorDash. Daddy gang, I love being home. I love to be cozy, comfortable, laying on the couch. I can't tell you how many times I need something, but I am 
too lazy to get up and get out of the house. And sometimes I need food or groceries, you name it. Dash Pass gets it delivered right to my door and yours too. It is only $9.99 a month. So I think it's a really good deal, Daddy Gang. So get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with Dash Pass and new members get a 30-day free trial. Terms apply. Sign up today. <laughs> 